I know that the word of God is going to speak to your heart this evening. I began this morning and I began to speak to you on the power of commitment. I want to continue tonight just for a few moments. A lot of people in the body of Christ have made Jesus Lord of their lives and they love God, they love their families, but they rarely go beyond that level in their commitment. And I want to speak to you on commitment tonight. The word commitment means to surrender. It means to abandon yourself. The word commitment means to sacrifice yourself for another. So to commit yourself is to abandon yourself, to throw yourself or to entrust yourself to another. And commitment is the opposite to apathy or passivity or complacency. A passive husband, leader, uh, church member, business man or woman will only see 30, 60 fold results. But somebody that is committed to God, to his word, to the kingdom, to their family, that type of person will see a hundredfold dimension in their lives. Romans 12, 1 says, the apostle Paul, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So to, to commit is to give God all, is to give God everything, including your physical body. Commitment, somebody say commitment, say it again, commitment. Some people are struggling even to say the word. Can't even say the word. Come on, say it like you understand. I've told you what it means. Say commitment fuels vision. Without commitment, a vision will never come to pass. In your own personal life, family, or in the house of God. Commitment fuels vision, and vision fuels commitment. You can't have one without the other. Tell me what you are committed to right now in your life, and I'll tell you where you will be in 20 years from now. Your commitment shapes your future. Your commitment shapes your life. Your commitment determines where you'll be, who you'll be, where you'll be. Your commitment has a direct effect on your purpose, your destiny, your family, your future. I want to ask each and every one of you tonight to make a powerful commitment tonight, afresh and anew, to God, to His Word, to your purpose, the dream of God in you, and to the vision of this house, because there's power in commitment. You know, there's many things that, many weapons we can use. We sang it today, my praise is a weapon, my dance is a weapon, my shout is a weapon, and that's true. There's many different weapons, but I want to tell you, one of the most powerful weapons to use is the weapon of commitment. Because when you've made a commitment, the devil is afraid of you. 
when you have committed, I will pray every day for 20 minutes or an hour or 30 minutes, whatever. I will. I commit to it. At that moment, the devil is defeated in your life. When you make a commitment that you will read this word. When you make a commitment that you will be in the house of God. When you make a commitment to be there for your house. The commitment you make defeats and breaks Satan's power. So when we are committed to the Lord, we are empowered. The moment you are committed, you receive power. The power of God begins to work the moment you are committed to something. In fact, the area that you are committed in is the area that power of God begins to work. And giants can only come down in somebody's life that is committed to conquer that giant. The moment you make a commitment that I will not live with this giant, I will not have to walk around with this fear, I will not live my life and end my life and die in this condition, I commit to conquering this giant. The moment you make that commitment, you're already halfway in conquering whatever giant it is. Some here tonight must make a commitment and say, I'm going to conquer debt. I'm going to conquer fear. I'm going to conquer insomnia. I'm going to conquer that blood disease in my bloodline. I'm going to conquer every limitation. I'm not going to live with it. I'm committed to break that cycle in my life. When you make a commitment like that, the power of God begins to move. Now, I showed you this morning that God revealed himself to Moses. And when Moses discovered who God was, he could commit to God. When he realized who he was, he could commit to God. When he realized what his purpose was, he could commit to God. And he made a couple of excuses. He said, I'm not able to speak. There's somebody better than me. I don't know how to to do what you want me to do. And God had an answer for every excuse he made. God said, I'll be with you. I will give you the tongue to speak. I'll send your brother with you. I'll be with you. My power will be made manifest through you. And so eventually Moses abandoned himself. He threw himself wholly and surrendered himself to God and committed to God. And he realized that God, I am that I am, was the source of his purpose and of his destiny. He committed to the purpose of God. So let me continue tonight and and carry on where I left off this morning. Because we looked at the fact that each and every one of us have excuses. Some of us are very good at excuses. Some of us can actually say we have degrees in excuse making. We are very good at making excuses. But I want you to know that excuses will rob you. It will rob you from what God has destined for your life. Commitment will bring you into the place that God has prepared for you. And so if we continue to give excuses, God will choose another person. What God is looking for is available people. Jesus spoke a parable. He said many were invited, but everyone had an excuse. And the Lord said, go find the blind, the sick, the lame. Go find those that are on the highways and byways. Bring them. And they took the place of those that were originally invited. Let me say this to you, dear friends, if we are not availing ourselves, if we are not responding to God, to His kingdom, to what He has 
and wants from us and for us, it will go to another. I don't want to lose what God has for me. I want to be committed to see God's plan fulfilled in my life. How many of you will commit to what God has for you and not make any more excuses about it? I have a lot of work. I'm too busy. My family needs me. Somebody else can do it better. I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to embarrass the church. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to say anything. God is saying, no more excuses. He says, I want you to walk in the blessing, in the fullness, in the purpose, in the anointing, in the kingdom, in what I have prepared for you. Say amen, somebody. Now, let's take it a little bit further. Are you ready to go further? Put on your safety belt because it's going to get rough right now. Whenever you make a commitment to God, to His Word, to the kingdom, to your family, to your marriage, in any area of your life, whenever you make a commitment, hear me now, your commitment will be tested. There are three reasons why your commitment will be tested. Number one, the reason why your commitment is tested is because God wants to reveal the strength of your commitment. Hmm. So God will allow us, I know it's hard, you may not be able to say amen, then just say ouch. But God allows us to be tested to show us how committed we are with Him, with our family, with our church, with every covenant relationship we have. Come on somebody. Have you ever said this week, I am setting aside one day to fast? And you know, everything comes against you on that day. Have you ever said, you know what, I'm ready to be in church this Sunday. And then it comes and you can't even be in church. Have you ever said, I want to spend more time with my wife, my family. The moment you make a commitment to anything, that commitment will be tested. And the reason it is tested is to reveal the strength of your commitment. Genesis 22, 1 says, It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then God said to him, Take your son, your only son, and offer him on the mountain that I will show you. And when Abraham did that, the Bible says that God said to him, Don't lay your hand on the boy. I have seen that you will obey me in all I tell you to do. How many of you know Abraham was tested in his commitment? Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to go to prison for you. I'm ready this night, Lord, to lay down my life for you. And the Lord said to him, tonight you will be tested. He said, and you're going to fail big time. Three times you will deny me. You're going to fail this test, but I have prayed for you. Don't give up. Even though you failed the test, don't give up. Even though your commitment will be tested, don't give up because I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When you are restored, strengthen your brothers. And Jesus said, the devil has desired to sift you like wheat. I'm here to tell you right now, when you make a commitment to God and a commitment to the kingdom and the vision of this house, to the word, that commitment might be tested, but you will not fail. Your faith will not fail. You will pass that test. You don't have to fail like Simon did because Simon made a commitment in his own strength. 
But how many of you know we don't commit to anything in our strength? We commit in the power of the Holy Spirit. We say by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, by the power of God, I will not fail. Can you say amen? Secondly, God wants to reveal through the testing of your commitment, He wants to reveal His commitment to you. He wants to show you, I am committed to you. I am faithful to you. I will not fail you. Every person that went through a test in Scripture had to come through that test. Daniel, David, the three Hebrew young boys, Moses, Elijah, they all came through on the other side of that test knowing that God was committed to them. And I'm here to tell you that when your commitment is tested, it will expose and reveal to you that God will never fail you. He will never abandon you. That His promises are true in your life. That you will come through that test with a testimony. You'll come through that mess with a message. You'll come through what you go through declaring God is still with me. Oh, give Him a praise offering. He will reveal to you his faithfulness in your crisis. Raise your right hand with me and say it. God will reveal His faithfulness, His commitment to me in my crisis. How many of you know that your commitment is tested in a crisis? God will only know that you'll serve Him, that you'll obey Him, not only if everything is going well in your life, but even through the hard times. When you say, I will not give up, I will keep on serving God. I'll keep on believing. I'll keep on worshiping. I'll keep on going to church. Even though it didn't work out for me, I'm going to keep on serving God. Then God knows your commitment is real. And how many of you know God will show himself up on your behalf when you feel weak and tired and like you've lost everything, God will show up and say to you, I'm still here. Everybody walked out on you. Everybody abandoned you. Everybody turned on you. I'm still here. I'm with you. And I'll bring you out of where you are. Give him a praise if you believe that he'll do it in your life. Number three. The testing of your commitment will expose and reveal. In fact, it will mature your faith. Wow. Spiritual growth comes after we pass the test. James chapter 1 verse 2. Dylan, if you would come please. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Many people do not want to read that verse in the Bible. They wish it wasn't there, but it's there. And I'm here to tell you, we are living in a quick fix time. We are living in a microwave time. We are living in a time, a drive-through time. We're living in an Uber time. Where you can just, you know, go on Uber and order your KFC and it arrives at your door. I mean, we are living in a very unique time, but how many of you know God says... I want you to have something that this world doesn't have. I want you to have patience. 
And patience is not somebody that sits and waits a long time doing nothing. Let me tell you what patience is. Patience is a supernatural ability of God to be in the middle of a crisis and a test and not give up and not break and not quit but to stand in the test and to say I'm coming through this God's on my side I've committed to God I'm committed to prayer I'm committed to the kingdom I'm not going to give up I need about 10 people that know what I'm talking about to give God a praise for supernatural patience hallelujah hallelujah how many of you know our fallen nature says I want it now our fallen nature says I want it quickly our fallen nature says I don't want to wait our fallen nature says I don't want to wait so long but the, the kingdom of God the Holy Spirit in fact God says when your faith is tested it will produce patience and patience doesn't say I'm never gonna have a change patience simply says that I am going to outlast my trial I'm going to outlast my trouble I'm going to outlast my test no matter how long it is there's gonna come a moment where the test and the trial will be over and I'll still be here my faith will still be here I'll be here and the test will be over your test has an expiration date your test has an expiry date when that date comes come on somebody you can walk into the power of your purpose because of your commitment give God a big praise and a shout wave your hand and say my test has an expiration date hallelujah it's about to end it's about to pass you've outlasted it hallelujah it's not going to defeat you you are going to beat it overcome it because he said be of good cheer he said in the world you'll have trouble but be happy be of good cheer rejoice for i have overcome the world he's already done it can you say amen this is very important what I'm coming to right now in commitment. To understand the power of commitment. You cannot understand the power of commitment without understanding that Jesus is Lord. It's a very important truth. We cannot really understand commitment to Him until we understand that He is Lord. And it's very difficult for us in our culture to understand lordship because we are westernized. We don't have lords and kings. We don't grow up that way. We don't understand that concept. So I'm going to have to bring a little bit of teaching to show you what it means. Because how many of you know Jesus is not your employer, your boss, your CEO? Jesus is Lord. And commitment is weak when we treat him like he's just another one. Jesus is Lord. There's a difference. Maybe you've never known a Lord or Lordship. 
But when you come into relationship with Christ, you receive Lord Jesus. The meaning of the word Lord in the Greek, the Greek word for Lord is kurios. It means he to whom a person or thing belongs. It means one who has the power to decide. It means one who has authority. In fact, the root of that Hebrew, of that, that Greek word kurios, Lord, if you really dig into that, it literally means someone, a master, who has the legal right to decide if someone lives or dies. Jesus won the right and the position of Lord by his death and his resurrection. Through dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, God made him Lord. Lord of all. And he has all authority and he has all power. Yet, he doesn't force anybody to surrender to him. He wants people to choose. To surrender willingly. And to make him the Lord of their lives. He wants us to take the initiative. Willingly to say, be my Lord. And it's so important to know that Jesus is Lord and that He's Lord of your life because without that revelation that Jesus Christ is my Lord, He's Lord of my life, our lives will lack direction, our lives will lack um, purpose, our lives will lack dominion because we are not under His Lordship. Many people know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, but they don't have a revelation of He's my Lord. Because when He is Lord of your life, then He has complete authority over your life. When He is Lord of your life, He owns you. When He is Lord of your life, you don't get to choose. Do you obey Him or not? If He's your Lord, He has complete, total power and authority over every area of your life. And you don't get to choose whether you want to or not. Because you bow the knee before Lord Jesus. And His Lordship, His authority comes upon your life. And when He's your Lord... You walk in His authority and you have power over every other power that comes against you because every demon knows that you are under His authority, His Lordship, His dominion. Won't you give your Lord, Jesus Christ, the highest praise? He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. Somebody say, Jesus is Lord of all. Let me read this to you very quickly. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What Jesus is saying is, is not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, 
knows him as Lord. Not everybody who says Lord, Lord serves him as Lord. He says even people who prophesy and heal and preach and do mighty works, that doesn't determine whether he's Lord of their lives. He says those who are who belong to me and whose Lord I am, they are those who obey me. They are those who practice my word. They are those who practice righteousness. I'm here to tell you today, not everybody in the church is ready for the coming of the Lord. Not everybody in the church is ready because not everybody has made him Lord. But when he's Lord of your life, you have committed your life and you'll never turn away from him again. He's got all of you and you've given your all to him. He's Lord. Can I have about 50 people that will declare Jesus Christ is Lord? Woo! 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 Hallelujah! He is Lord. He is Lord. Hallelujah. He has risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He's Lord over that sickness. He's Lord over that poverty. He's Lord over that fear. He's Lord of every demon. He's Lord. Oh, won't you lift your hands? Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Jesus is Lord of our lives. Would you stand? Everybody in this room, lift those hands. I want to close. Jesus is Lord of my life when I obey the Holy Spirit. He's Lord of my life when I'm committed to carry out His will. He's Lord of my life when I'm willing to serve Him regardless of my circumstances. He's Lord of my life when I recognize that everything I have comes from Him. He's Lord of my life when I don't attach myself to material wealth, but rather become an instrument of blessing to extend His kingdom. He's Lord of my life when I please Him, when my desire to please Him exceeds my desire to please people. He's Lord of my life when I know He is my source that meets all my needs. He's Lord of my life when I consider my failures as opportunities. When I recognize His faithfulness, He's Lord of my life when knowing Him becomes my obsession. When knowing Him becomes my greatest desire, then He's Lord of my life. Life.